Welcome to the Date Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jackson M. Doggett Jr., the solutions expert. With certifications as a life coach, family mediator, and time manager, and with licenses as an ordained minister and practicing attorney, I have learned some lessons about success I want to pass on to you. This podcast is about how to apply eight ancient, universal, and fundamental principles of success so you can live your best life. Life is a journey, so buckle up and let's go. The Date Life Podcast is sponsored by Doggett Law Firm, a firm focused on family law matters including pre-marriage legal counsel, family mediation to resolve conflict, divorce, and other family law issues. Find Doggett Law Firm at www.doggettlaw.com or call at 202-470-3515. Doggett Law Firm for your family. Our discussion today is about distributing wealth. Let's listen to the discussion. Here we are with another episode of Date Life Podcast. We are happy to have our guest returning, David Richardson. How are you, David? I'm well. Hello, hello. Very good. We have been doing a series on, under the principle, become financially independent as early as possible so that you can pursue your God-given life purpose without being under the control of other people. We talked about deficit spending or overcoming deficit spending. We talked about guarding against financial uncertainty. We talked about growing wealth and the fact that it takes time to do that. Now we're going to talk about distributing wealth. It is a fact that we can't take it with us. Correct. Even though the Egyptians tried it, uh, we we have their wealth, they don't. Right. <laughs> Sometimes we even have them. <laughs> That's right. So you can't take it with you. There's not, you've heard the old saying, there's no uh, U-Haul behind a hearse. You can't take it with you. Right. So there's coming a point after you've accumulated all of this wealth, you are going to be without it. So what do you do? I'm going to suggest two things, and let's talk about it. Number one, one day you're not going to be able to work, so you are going to need that for, quote, retirement. Again, I think retirement is a financial condition. When you're able to live or pay your expenses, living expenses, without needing to work, you can retire. So retirement is something you're going to need that wealth for. We'll talk about that. Mm. And then uh, you can't take it with you. Whatever is left when you die, it's going somewhere. Right. So let's start with retirement. How do you determine how much you need for retirement? Well, it's a calculation based on your expenses and what you what your projected lifestyle is going to be. It can get it can get very detailed thinking about tax rates and. Um, uh, family expenses, even life expectancy. Um, 
So those are some of the factors that that can come in. Inflation. Inflation is hey, also. Hey, let's let's pause. Yeah. I forgot to say why people should even listen to us about this. <laughs> so let's go back. We do it in each of these episodes because someone may be listening for the first time. Uh, tell us a little about your academic preparation and your life experience, so people know why they should listen to us about this money thing. I have an uh, an, an MBA with a concentration in finance. I have done some study in uh, personal financial planning and worked as an associate financial planner for one of the founders of Fee Only Financial Planning. Okay, and I've done the work for a certified financial planner. I didn't take the exam. I always say because I didn't want something else to keep up with. I am a lawyer in four jurisdictions, soon to be five, and that's plenty to keep up with. So I wanted the education, but I did not want to have to keep up the certification because I wasn't practicing as a certified financial planner. So that's why you should listen to us. We know a little bit about finances. So let's go back to retirement. We were talking about some of the things you need to consider. Isn't that complicated? Yeah, it can be. Uh, There are um, do-it-yourself solutions, but I I think the best thing to do is to talk to a professional about um, what you may need to help have... uh, Sculpt your retirement to fit your lifestyle and when your specific financial situation. How does a person find someone to help them? Well, the CFP, uh, I would suggest working What's with a, a CFP? Working with a certified financial planner. Uh, the CFP is the uh, the accreditation or the the um, designation that they have. Only those that have taken the course material, had the experience, and then passed the exam can have the that um, those letters. And um, generally, they act in your, on your on your behalf as a fiduciary, and you can find them and on the CFP network. And there are other networks that you can you can find through a Google search um, that'll have uh, planners that can help you. Uh, there's the XY Planning Network. There's uh, the National National Association of Personal Financial Planners. So there's a lot of options for you. Okay, would you say that? you would lean toward finding someone who is a fee-only financial planner? Absolutely. So how your... What is a fee-only A fee-only financial planner is a financial planner that is paid through uh, fees that are uh, transparent and they're upfront costs. So they do not earn a commission on any financial product that they suggest as part of your plan. Their income is based on... um, their fee for service, and maybe in certain instances, a percentage of their the assets that they manage on your behalf. So they are paid for their expert advice. Absolutely. They're not paid by the providers of the products that they suggest. Okay. And that, and that gives them independence to choose the products that are best for you, for your situation. So what are the other kinds of financial planners? There are fee-based financial planners. So those that um, have a fee, but also um, earn commissions on products. And then there are commission only financial uh, planners that um, just earn their their income from commission on the products that are suggested. Uh, the what I the reason why I like uh, certified financial planners is because there's also this idea of being a fiduciary, which is a being bound to only acting in the best interest of your client and not in the in your own best interest. So when someone is just charging a fee for their advice versus getting paid for what they sell to you, you generally can accept that they're trying to give you the best advice versus steering you 
toward a particular product. Right. Because you can, you can look at how a person earns their income as a, um, as a type of, uh, as a way to tell what their motivations are and where their allegiances might be. So if they're earning their, if a, if a planner is earning their income directly from you, then their allegiance will be, allegiance should be to you. Versus the, if somebody's commission only, they'd be looking to the insurance company to uphold whatever they want so they can, they can earn the maximum income. Okay. So we've talked about retirement. You need that. You need to determine, you know, a lot of people I've heard, uh, they say you're going to make less in retirement. So you're going to have to reduce your lifestyle. Do you agree with that? Um, it's, it depends on the situation. I think um, both can be true. Uh, I think when you're developing that retirement plan, you need to think very critically about what you, you about what your expectations of your lifestyle should be. Um, for some people, that is some 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 people. The dream is a reduction in expenses, and some people dream of giving up the house and going in an RV around the country for the rest of their retirement years. It really depends on your situation. Some people want to upgrade. Um, I, that can be a rare thing, but it, it really is specific to your situation. Okay. And we know the wealth we've accumulated, we're going to be spending in retirement. Right. Okay. The other thing that happens is one day we won't be around to spend anything. So what do you do with the money when you no, no longer need it? Well, you, have, you can direct how it's spent. Um, we talked earlier in an earlier episode about estate planning. So that's one way to to direct the spending of funds after we're no longer here, as you said, as after you get X'd out. Uh, <laughs> so um, uh, it has to be given away somehow because you can't do anything with it. So you need to direct where it goes after it survives you. One of the scriptures I like is... Proverbs 13, 22, the New Living Translation says, good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren. Now that word grandchildren, I did a little exegesis on, it really means your heirs. So biblically, a person should be thinking about what they're going to do to be a blessing to their family. Mm -hmm. So when they're gone, their family. Now, I've also listened to people who say you should be a blessing to your family while you're alive so you can watch them mm -hmm. uh, enjoy what you have given to them. Mm -hmm. What is your thought about that? I agree. I don't think that we should um, should wait to live our lives until the very end. I think we should um, we are blessed to participate in and sharing time with our family, enjoying good things about life while we're here. It's not something that has to be deferred until um, we have 20 or 30 years left and we're not as strong as we were in our, in our youth. Well, David, I think now is a good time for a short break. If you want to support the Date Life podcast, join the Date Life Nation by sending your contribution through Cash App at dollar sign Date Life Podcast. That's the letter D, the number eight, the words Life Podcast, all together as one word, or through Venmo at ampersand Date Life Podcast. Every dollar you give will support the production of the Date Life Podcast and the activities of the Date Life Nation. 
We plan to host meetups to discuss with me and my guests in person how to apply the eight principles of success we espouse in the Date Life podcast and other activities. So join the Date Life Nation today to live your best life. Now back to our discussion. Right. Also, there is nothing biblical about giving everything to your family, especially if they have proven to be irresponsible. Right. So stewardship does not end when you die. You make plans to be a good steward even after you're gone. Yes. And I think um, that's something that gets lost in this idea of... Um, management of money in general, because I don't think people know what stewards are because we're not we're not managing or taking care of lands. So I like to think of it as a manager, a money manager for this wealth that was that you're accumulating, but is not really yours. So you have to manage it according to the owner's preferences. And we have guidance in in scripture and um, financial literacy, literacy texts in general, how to do that. Right. And the owner is God, never us. Right. So it's his stuff. He gives it to us richly to enjoy, but then he expects us to be responsible with it. So we do want to take care of family uh, while they're alive, while we're alive, and even when we're gone. But once we've talked about family, is there anything else one might want to think about in terms of leaving a legacy? You can think about community. So how do you, uh, we should be thinking about how to improve our society and our neighborhoods while we're here and that work can continue after we're gone and that, and our wealth, our money is a tool to do that. What are some of the things, because a lot of people believe that a philanthropist is a rich person who gives a lot of money. Right. All of us can be a philanthropist. Mm -hmm. All of us can give something, but once we've accumulated the wealth and we will no longer need the wealth, uh, we should be thinking about what are we going to do to make life better for other people? So what are some options that come to your mind about where we might put some of our wealth when we're gone? Uh, the first thought is charity. So after we talk about family, uh, a cause that you identify with. So if you're um, it could be a, a, a church or a church organization. If you're a Christian or a church going person uh, or another religious organization, it can be a community organization um, like the Salvation Army or Goodwill or something like that. Uh, it could be uh, something that, identi- that you identify with that's according to your values that uh, has a mission to improve life, um, something that you would like to see happen at, you know, if you were still here. Right. In the Bible, Absalom had no children, so he built a tower Mm -hmm. so people would not forget his name. Right. Uh, So what are some options, perhaps, for people to leave something tangible where they will be remembered? Like at a college, for instance, uh, a naming opportunity to give money toward a building, Mm -hmm. put your name on it, or something like that. Any other ideas that come to mind? Um, something like, like what you said earlier about um, your mother talking about her rich, her wealth being with her, in her children. So it can be in in the people that you meet and the opportunities that you provide for people. Uh, you can see the value in that while you're alive, but also you contribute to that when you're when you're gone. So giving people an opportunity to to improve themselves 
and then society as a whole is something I would suggest looking for. Right. My mother did say that. She said, I don't have any money, but I have you. So right. you are my wealth. So don't mess it up. <laughs> Go live a good life and make my legacy uh, something that people are proud of. There's another scripture that I'd like to share. It's Revelation 14, 13. It says, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, they are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work for their good deeds follow them. Mm. How would you say good deeds follow you? Well, I mean, part of your legacy is is how you're remembered. So how people remember you when you're gone. And that can be done. You can think about, since we're talking about giving or distribution of wealth, you can think about um, how lasting those gifts can be. What's something that can exist beyond maybe a year or a short period after you're gone. Something that can affect um many more people or maybe further generations. So that's something to, to I would think about. Something I do think about um, as far as my giving. I, I give now and that's through my my church and that's where I see an immediate impact and 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 value. Okay. But let me suggest uh, United Negro College Fund, let us suggest uh uh, what are, what do we call them? Uh, historically black colleges and mm-hmm. universities. Uh, I think it is important that we keep those institutions strong because it gives opportunities for a lot of people. Absolutely. And endowment there is very important. Uh, so those are some ideas that we have uh, that we share with you. When you leave, you can't take it with you. No. So you're going to need it for your retirement. You're going to need to bless your family with it while you're alive and once you're gone. And then you want to leave some kind of legacy. Absolutely. And I really like the fact that you mentioned how you impact people is one of your biggest legacies. Mm -hmm. Before the pandemic, I used to say you can tell how how a person has impacted lives by how many people come to the funeral. Yeah. That's not true anymore, (laughs) because at least not now during this pandemic, because a a lot of times a lot of people cannot gather. Mm -hmm. But it used to be true. You didn't have to have a lot of money, but people remembered when you really had an impact on their lives. So our legacy must be built every day. Yes. We can't say one day I'm going to leave a legacy. Mm -hmm. We need to be leaving it as we walk through the earth right now. Absolutely. Well, let's, are there any parting thoughts about distribution of this wealth that we are working to build up? I would say look for opportunities, think about what your values are and look for those opportunities that are aligned with that and start the practice now so that it won't be foreign when, um, when there's a larger pool of funds to distribute. That's right. I always like to say as well, if you won't, Jesus said it. Well, it's not from me. Jesus said it. Well done. If you are faithful in little, yes. you'll be faithful in much. Some people say, well, if I had more, I'd do more. No, if you had more, it would be harder to do more right. because you don't want to let it go. Right. So starting now really makes good sense. Well, David, I have really enjoyed this series. <laughs> 
I really enjoyed this series about uh, financial planning, about overcoming deficit spending, about guarding against financial uncertainty, growing wealth, and distributing wealth, recognizing it takes time to build all of this wealth, and we need to be thinking about it as we're doing it. Uh, To leave this subject, I just want to once again say to our listening audience, the whole point is we want to learn how to be better managers so that we can become financially independent as early in life as possible in order to pursue our God-given life purpose without being under the control of other people. I wish that for every one of you, and we'll see you next time on the next Date Life Podcast. I must tell you, I really enjoyed this discussion, and I hope you got a lot out of it for yourself. Please remember to support the Date Life podcast by joining the Date Life Nation. The eight principles of success we discuss in the Date Life podcast can change your life. So like it, share it with everyone you know, and subscribe to it. Most importantly, go out and live your best life.